Hi, and welcome to Movie Time Capsule, where each episode I tell my guests that the world is ending and that they must place the movies that they think are worth saving into their own time capsule. On this episode, we are talking to Justin Fix. He is the creative director behind some of the creepiest experiences in Los Angeles. The best way I can describe their flagship show is like a slow burn haunted house where you don't get jump scared, but you will get creeped out by the performers and the actors who will have one-on-one moments with you. They'll touch you, hug you, whisper sinister little nothings into your ear. And what really makes it unforgettable is that the set pieces are so well done that it makes you feel like you're in an actual horror movie. It's crazy. And Justin is the man behind the curtain. Also in this episode, there are some spoilers you should look out for um, with Patch Adams and What Lies Beneath. When you get to those, you may want to fast forward if you have not seen them. All right, here we go. It is time to talk about movies. All your favorites, all your loved ones. We will hear them and we'll cheer them. It is time for Movie Time Capsule. Today I have the privilege of talking to a storyteller, a performer, a creative director, and a producer and an attention to detail wizard. Welcome to the show, Justin Fix. Wow, that is the resume of my dreams. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, attention to detail. Yes, please. I was just looking over some text messages that I had with you after I went to one of your shows, and I was just like, the attention to detail that you guys put into the show is insane. And it's, you know, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because your live immersive theater show performances are so much like walking into a real life movie that I was like, I wanted to pick this guy's brain and just um, get it from your mouth directly. So thank you so much for being here. Oh my God, my absolute pleasure. I'm just, I'm just so glad to to be speaking with you and sharing all this with you. Yeah, my God, we, I am a storyteller, and I just, I just, the finesse and the detail is where I feel like stories all go wrong, but like in real worlds, they make the unbelievable difference in reality and through escapism and through realism and for allowing that sense of play and wonder to exist in real worlds and live performances with stranger to, you know, performer and um, sort of a balance between role play. It's just a beautiful space. And what a beautiful conversation to then look at the, at that form and that medium on film, you know? So thank you so much for having me here. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. For those of you who don't know, Justin is the creator, co-founder of JFI Productions, and there's a couple of different branches, but you may have known them for Creep LA. They've done that for a few years. They have a twisted murder mystery dinner experience called The Willows, and they've also done some experiences for Blumhouse, which is the production company that does a lot of horror movies. They've done some stuff for Will Smith's production company, Overbrook. And also American Horror Story 1984 when they were at South by Southwest. Is that right? Actually, when we were down at Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Wow, what a world when people were still doing those kind of festivals. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the day. In short, if you're not aware of what immersive theater is, you may have heard of, I guess, a good comparison. Maybe you don't like this comparison, but Sleep No More in New York is is somewhat similar to The Creep Experience. Is Is that true? I think that's, you know what, and to be like 
considered to be in brand or on par with what they do is amazing. I think they were a leader and an innovator and the, kind of the first to really put this sort of fo- form on the world, right? That breaking that fourth wall, allowing audiences to really step into worlds and to explore and be that, um, that, that hero character in these, in these um, stories. So yeah, no, I think that's very in line. We really, I think as far as Creep LA came from us really was generated from sort of horror and haunted house and really sort of trying to redefine or reimagine or just build out those horror kind of scare moments. We always thought haunted houses, you just move too fast. What if we just kind of slowed it down and allowed those like in movies, like allowed that suspension, that tension to build and, and build in score. And when you hit that with light and with sound and with real performance and capture a quick narrative and then can punch it, and then move it on to the next next little corridor into a next channel of doors and mazes, then sure. But like when people were able to really drop in, I mean, goosebumps for people really, like we were able to really test some boundaries and tell multiple vignettes and have a lot of people like see many sides of horror or scare at that time. I've gone to a handful of your your creep experiences. And this is the story. I want to tell a quick story about one of my personal experiences with Creep, I get goosebumps when I talk about it because it is such a unique cinematic experience and it's it's kind of unrepeatable. But the haunted house experience, that's not a haunted house. It's, it's a haunted house dialed up to 11. So the opening room, your group of 10 people are put into uh, chairs, separated. There's bags put over your heads and there are these girls who are part of this cult, it, it appears. And um, a lot of things happen in this room. And then we move to the next room and you're in this dining room. And it's a giant long table just draped in purple light. And outside there's a green forest. And then I'm in the back of my group. Everyone's kind of listening to the narrator at this point who's in front of us. And I get pulled by a character who I haven't seen before. And he's like, come with me, come with me. And he's, he's got a scruffy beard and overalls on. And he, he takes my hands. He's like, come with me. And he starts singing Amazing Grace. And he pulls me down this hallway. I'm like, what is going on? Is this part of the thing? Is this a rogue person? I don't understand. He puts a blindfold on me. He keeps walking me through like it feels like a hallway. Sets me down to someone of a box. And he takes the uh, blindfold off of me. He says, be quiet, be quiet. She's going to come. She's going to come. So I'm in this box. And this little girl who actually turns out to be this woman, Candace. <laughs> yeah, yes. She starts knocking on the doors that I'm in in this box. And there's a little crack. I can barely see her. She's like, I want to play a game. And she starts knocking. She's like, knock with me. Knock back at me. So she knocks once. I knock once. She knocks twice. I knock twice. And she gets louder and I get louder. And then she just starts banging the crap out of these doors and then throws them open. And then I'm in this new room that I've never seen before. And the rest of my group is now in this room. Their jaws at the floor and I'm just as stunned. I'm like, holy shit, what just happened? And it was just like this total maze mind fuck. And I loved it. It was one of a kind experience and just what you can expect from the brain yeah. of Justin Fix. Just shoving people in closets as I <laughs> like I currently am right now, just sitting in a closet. I'm like, yes, yeah, just just put them in the closet. Like, you know, give some good like little peep show moments where people can kind of peep through keyholes and like see like static light and get this creepy image of this girl like who's like a young girl, but she's also wearing a doll face at times playing with her dollies like yeah, it was like the idea of like, I don't know, just kind of 
you know, channeling like the movie, the others, right. I was like, Oh, that was just like a kind of a creepy moment where it was like half picture and mama, I want to play with my daughter. You know, like that's honestly, like, that's where what, that one of those inspirations came with for that movie or for that scene. And yeah, man, I'm so, I'm so tickled that you've always been such a supporter. And yeah, I mean, we've learned my God, we've been doing it for like going to be now our seventh season this fall. And you just learn more and more every year, right? We've, t- we've told linear stories like haunted house format. We've told more like multi-channel, right? Like the idea of like you popping in and out of a track where your group was, but yet you get sidelined and get to see a different sort of story than the others. You know, we've done open world where it's like more like Ren fair, like you step in and you're part of this big world and you go where you wish, if you want to catch, if you want to speak, how you want to speak, blah, blah, blah. It's like literally trying to continue to push the boundary. And I guess we were the closest I feel like we were ever getting as far as like connecting on intimate levels and but connect creating really connected moments with strangers right up until, you know, March of last year and our big show we were doing called Night Fever, which was this big sort of homage and tribute to Studio 54, big like take you back to disco and, you know, get to party with everyone from the cocktail waiters to the bartenders to the show girls to the drug dealer to the you know the bus boy to you know whatever and I'm always such a theater guy but I thought theater is like my god if I could just be up you know if I just want to be up in the world and so it just really being able to create this stuff and kind of envision those worlds has been a dream of mine as a as a child so I'm just I'm living out that dream man when it comes to you know a new halloween or a new season do you are there certain movies that you like to watch to kind of get inspired to create new characters for your experiences or new set pieces? You know, I really try to not, I'm, I'm so bad. I used to be such a, like, see everything that comes out, you know, I used to do everything, you know, when the Halloween as far as season would come out. And then the more and more this business took up our time, then the less I did it. But no, I listen to more soundtracks than I do watch movies to like get inspired. I'm a crazy person. I'm like sure most people what li- don't listen to the type of music I listen to when they walk through Hancock Park, but you know, I'm I'm listening to the craziest shit, but also like I also it kind of that inspires so much more uh, in me than I think kind of capturing images and seeing like other people's like nightmarish imagery on screen, you know, like I try to always kind of have my spin on horror because I really feel like I was influenced by really some classic horror troops, but then with that like sort of nineties horror, but now have like such a fan for some of this new wave horror that has come out. So I really kind of, I think it's like multi-leveled a little bit with as far as my taste and style goes, as far as approaching this genre. That's so cool. Are there any artists or soundtracks that you can think of that you have, you know, listened to while you're strolling? Yeah, I've been listening to like a lot of Nine Inch Nails lately, like, and I've been listening to a lot of Suspiria, like their that new album from the new release that came out, Cure for Wellness. I've been listening to that one, that one guy does the best soundtracks. See, I don't even know anyone's name. I'm like the worst. Where the oil rig was in the middle of the ocean with like Mark Wahlberg, like Blue Steel or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. That has a really wonderful, monsterish, like, build, like, deep, like, oil in Mother Earth, like, dirty. But I'm like, when I listen to that, I, like, hear, see monsters, right? My brain, I don't know. My brain is wild. <laughs> oh, I've been, like, the Crash soundtrack or the Drive soundtrack. Ooh, I'm just going drive. through all, I'm going through all my, like... Drive is so uh, good. That That first, like, 
pulse pounding drop in the that's like the first oh. minute or two. It always gets me. I'm just like, yes, I'm in this. Sex, like literally, like perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have some bad news. The world is ending. We got to put Justin fixes movies into a time capsule. Going six feet under with me. Here we go. (laughs) My first question is, what is the first movie that you ever purchased with your own money? The Wizard of Oz VHS. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. The Wizard of Oz for me as a kid. Like, I honestly like that idea of like wander and dreaming and click your heels. Like, you know, as a gay man, like. That movie has led me places and has made me believe in the most wonderful of like fantasy. And again, wicked witches, like I make haunted houses for life, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's sprinkled. And I got that in nine, in 92. Did you ever perform that play? Oh yeah. Six times. I played Munchkin number two and the small tornado. That was the first play I ever did, which is also like so serendipitous. And then I've played the wizard. I've played the Tin Man three times and the Scarecrow t- Scarecrow twice. Wow. You do it all. <laughs> and then I dressed up and I dressed up as the witch for Halloween when I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Wizard of Oz classic. <laughs> yeah, that is. It is it is a classic. I like all this scuffle, like the remake. Like, what do you mean they're gonna do a remake and not and have it not be a musical? Like, what are you talking about? This is not Return to Oz. No. Nobody wants that. Well, speaking of, I did Return to Oz. Talk about my fan kid. That was the fir- one of the first like bigger film projects I ever booked. And Feruza Balk played my mother. And she was in Return to Oz. So as a kid, I was just geeking out. Because like, as a kid, I was coloring her in my coloring book as Feruza Balk as a kid. You know? Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Anyway. What movie would you show to someone who um, is having a bad day? What would you show to someone to cheer them up? I'm like, I love to cry at movies. Like I'm one of those people. Like I'm like, oh, I just want to watch a movie that makes me cry because that makes me happy. Like it brings me joy. So I would say like a movie that like made me laugh, but also made me cry would be like Patch Adams. Oh, yeah. You know, like a little humor, but like with good heart and good story, but like for the better good of like lifting people up, but also like literally doing that in the movie. Doing good for the for the greater good. Yeah, oh, Rob, Robin Williams, rest his soul. I think I, I think I've only seen that movie once because it's, cause, because it's sad at the end, you know. It is sad, very sad at the end. But that is, and I, this is also very sad. But that is life. That is life. And life yeah. is really sad, and I, and unfortunately, you know, I know we had a conversation before we jumped on here, but like, I think we've all hit some really low points for everyone this year, and sometimes movies like too, like. I saw you like uh, speak to kind of like no man land earlier this week, you know, and like how you felt like it was such a good picture, but it was like, so just kind of sizzles there. Right. But like, that is life. Right. The idea of like, not, not knowing what tomorrow brings, but like just turning off the camera. Yeah. And that's what I think what Patch Adams did. It just like really was like, Oh, and then it's all over. (laughs) Yeah. The, the movie that I chose for myself for that one is also a Robin Williams movie. And it's Mrs. Doubtfire, which yeah. is, you know, obviously hilarious. And he does all of the voices and all that stuff. But I chose it because, you know, he goes through hardships. It's not all a comedy. Like, he goes through a divorce. And, you know, if someone needs cheering up, there's probably a reason. And I think that movie kind of shows you that 
you know, life is going to change and you can, you can change with it and it can still be okay at the end. And, and hopefully you'll have grown at the end of it. Amen. I was really, what a great picture for you to choose. I support you on that. Thank you. Okay. You said you like to cry. What is the movie that makes you cry the most? Like every time you watch it, it's going to be like, you know, far from home or like my girl, I don't know, a sad movie, like the Fox and the Hound. Oh yeah. Like kill me. I can't torture with anything that has an animal in it. I just will lose, I'll lose it. Like free Willy. Like, Oh my God. I'll I'll lose it. What about you? What are you, are you an animal loser like me? Um, I can't think of an animal movie that makes, that gets me. I think that says a lot about me then. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, you're like, yeah, it does. Big... Yeah, yeah, does, Justin. <laughs> you're a big animal lover. Of course you are. <laughs> okay, let's flip it and go the reverse direction. What movie scares the crap out of you? I'm like a rattler. Do you see how I, I work like as an artist? I'm like, you're like, what one movie? And I'm like, no, there's like four that influence that scare. But I'll yeah. start off with like, you know, Chucky for me was like terrified me. And then that terror led to me like growing up with that horror. And then the leprechaun scared me. Ooh. Then when I like fell in like sixth and seventh grade, then it, like really like scream. And I know what you did last summer, like scared me literally like it was a scary movie. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now I move to stuff that has come out like The Strangers or, you know, yeah. Joyride. You know, those movies really scared me. But no, pure terror, like when young, young me, like young, young, like the leprechaun. Leprechaun. Have you ever seen that movie with Jennifer Aniston? No, I don't think I have. Talk about the scariest movie you've ever seen in your entire life. Just look at the, can you look, can you literally just open up and look at that? movie cover right now i know what that guy's one. face looks like wrinkles and it looks like he's been you know burned in a couple fires terrifying and it's saint patty's day today so <laughs> you better watch the. so you better watch the leprechaun it's terrifying uh, and he like literally can only cope to eat the lucky charms and like <laughs> the way that jennifer aniston fights him off is she throws her shoes at him and he has to polish them up each time because he's a leprechaun and he needs to have shiny shoes and so that's how she distracts him so she can get away oh it's pure gold <laughs> i will i gotta put it on the list maybe i'll watch it after we finish today oh since it's St. Patty's Day. Yeah. leprechaun my wife is she watches most scary movies through a blanket so i don't get Same. much many horror movies passed through her jt <laughs> hates it Say. <laughs> he literally hates it. Like, no, he hates horror. Like, it's so funny. When you choose to, like, to watch a movie on a Saturday night, what type of genre do you usually go for? Like, is there one that you tend to, to grasp for? We are kind of like, do you watch a murder show? Murder show? Do you watch a murder show? <laughs> you know, we really are. We're like crime people. We are documentary people. Or we're like series and then, of course, we get on all the film circuit movies and stuff. But to get answer your question, I would say, like, we love a good thriller or we love, like, a good funny, funny comedy. And maybe we'd go back to the archives for a few of those. Yeah. What is your favorite romantic movie? Mm-hmm. Well, me and my best friend, Stephanie, like, we love my best friend's wedding. I, we just feel like it is the most 
like she doesn't end up with the guy, but there is so much love and friendship in that and like understanding with like relationships and boundaries, but yet keeping people in your life and integrated in your like system and like always taking care of people. Like to me, it's just like so much wealth of love and I just scream and we just scream listening to that movie because it's like, it's the best sides of every relationship. How many times do you think you've seen it? Ballpark. Like not like not like crazy. Like maybe like eight or nine. Okay. What's your most like obsessive movie you've watched? Like, have you watched a movie more than twenty times? No, I think twenty is like the threshold. You know. And what is that? I think Forrest Gump is. Okay, but it's, but it's yes. also like in this realm of if it's on TV, I'll watch it. So like, do you count if you watch three fourths of it? Do you count that as one? I don't really know, but that one is definitely the most. I've I've been Forrest Gump three or four times for Halloween. <laughs> well, it's that's a great outfit on you. I've seen you in as Forrest Gump. That's my that's my guy for some reason. Well, it look well, it looks good on you. <laughs> what was one of your favorite Halloween costumes? Like where you went all out for it? Yeah, I mean, I have literally been a werewolf and a scarecrow and a witch and a tin man. A bomb and an um, an old lady, a sailor. <laughs> I've gone up out in drag before. I'm in a closet right now, literally in our wardrobe closet, and I'm looking at over like 40 dresses from a past show that are just covered in sequins. And I'm like, yeah, I could just wear that tonight, or I could wear that for Halloween. Like, I love all those elements of like visual and fashion, all of that. So like, I wish there were like two Halloweens in a year where we had like two options or more options to actually just. You know, get crazy, be someone else for a day. You know, it's just not enough. I like, and when you say that to me, I'm like, I don't understand. I'm like, I will, I play, I put on a costume every day, almost, <laughs> at least, at least. And then you go create creep where you can do it all the time. Like seriously, like was literally running around the back lot of Universal today, like pulling costumes. I was like, I'm not, I've never been around more costumes, and I've never been more o- overwhelmed in my life. But like, just to see. 1920 30 40 50 60 70s and then see all of like the classic movies all the trojan movies all the fantasy movies all the you know police movie and it's just like cataloged and organized and just like wow just one component of making films that is a fun place to be and it's just it's so cool kid in the candy store and it's i don't know like two stories just straight up of of racks and racks and racks it's so cool yeah like I've never seen more baskets of hats in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking of characters, is there a character from a certain movie that you relate to or at one time in your life you're like, oh my God, me and this character are the same? I don't know. I, there's this movie that has a deeply impacted like everything I do in my life. Miraculously so. Like I don't know. It's Life as a House with... <laughs> Hayden Christensen and Kevin Klein. Have you seen it? I don't think I have. Damn it. Yeah, it's this a struggle. It's a story about a boy like dealing with his father who's diagnosed with cancer and over the summer he's got gets to build him his dream house before he dies. And it like shows a relationship between like a father and son and it's like camping witty, but it's got really beautiful like messaging and compassion and empathy. And you know, I think that struggle between the relationship between a father and son. And I think fast forwarding and now seeing how that struggle played out and how I literally had to kind of have the same goodbye as Hayden did with his father in the movie over cancer. Like 
like life really, there's this beautiful line that has always lived with me. That's like, like life is like not a gift giving factory. And it says like change can happen in an instant and you can become someone else in like, no matter what, and, or it can make you like become something different and blow the others away. Like it was this way and this approach of like how you can so purposely live your life. And that message is like, just so strongly impacted me and those people and the relationships I come to across every single day, whether that be like your grumpy neighbor or like the trash man or the stranger who decides to show up and like help build a house with you. Yeah. You should see that movie. I really like it. I definitely will. It, it makes me cry. <laughs> I mean, what, from what you just explained, it, it does speak to you. Like you are a person who embraces everyone around you very strongly and it's you know evident to everyone around you which is i feel like why you have such a great large circle of friends you you give it all to everyone in your life it's a great great trait about you that's very sweet i just you know i wanted to my dad i started my company you know just fix it productions was like because my father you know when he was on his deathbed he he died at 60 and he had almost like a page worth of like things he wished he'd still gotten around to in life for me to finally kick my can and get my ass into gear and get motivated to like build this house per se. Like my dad was supposed to build, like build my first show with me. Right. Like, and so I really, I, you know, I build, I build a show every year. Um, not for myself, but in tribute for my father and to continue to kind of keep that, you know, keep it going. He just always, he always wanted that for me. So. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for, for sharing. That's great. I didn't never do that. Well, speaking of movies that I have not seen, what's a movie that everyone needs to see once in their lives? I don't know. I'm going to go old with this. Is this bad? Like the breakfast club. Like, is that too, is that so damn on the nose? Like, are people going to go like the breakfast club? No, I think that's great. I mean, I just, High school is the time. You just got to figure yourself out. And those people got a chance to figure it out with random strangers kind of in high school, which is usually it's something you don't really do until college. Right. I love the stereotypes and I loved the comedy and I loved the actors. That movie's always stuck with me. I've really always liked it. I always had the idea of trying to do like a live adaptation of the breakfast club, but in a public library, like the LA public library and do like Saturday and Sunday matinees of this like detention show. The show has really like inspired me. It's so relatable. Yeah. This sounds cliche, but it really teaches you to not don't judge a book by its cover. And on another side note, I've always wanted to see someone build the Shermer high library in person. Like in LA, we have all these pop-ups, the max, uh, Seinfeld's apartment. I want to see the fucking library. I think people would love it. Yes. You know, tons of photo ops everywhere. Hell yeah. That'll that be your yes. JFI Productions 2026. Yeah, we'll get on it. We'll get on <laughs> it. That would be so fun, though. Oh, great answer. What is the movie that gives you goosebumps? Uh, you know, What's that movie that really kind of did it to me? What Lies Beneath? With Harrison Ford? Yes. When you find out that she's dead. That movie, I don't know why that movie rocked me so bad. But that literally, from after the car moment when the car goes in the water and like 
she kind of comes back and the door like that movie gave me goosebumps and so did the movie funny games the reveal that she's dead how is that different from you from the sixth sense reveal like is that one also does it also give you goosebumps or not yes one one hundred percent yeah it's the same effect it's like you know you're gonna like understand my format of storytelling it's like i don't think a horror movie should be punched until the period at the end mm-hmm. like i think every horror movie should be a ride and then for the world to go oh we got you like twilight zone moment boom that is the scare right like that's the psychological scare i've learned and then take that home take it home with you yes exactly and unpack that with home instead of unpacking the whole movie unpack the last five seconds those are always the best cinema experiences when they are you're just talking for the next half hour with your friends trying to figure the fuck out or just you know, vent like how did this why did that i cannot believe that those are my favorites that does unpacking you know the uh, ideas of all of us like you providing this opportunity for us just to gab and converse on a t- on one topic literally one topic in the world and look we've been holding airtime for 40 minutes <laughs> like that is exceptional so when you can have one story hold a conversation for one hour look how impactful that story is yeah could suck you in <laughs> this is the long question what's the movie that means the most to you not necessarily because of the film's quality but because of the experience that revolves around seeing the film that it will always stick with you the movie broke back mountain for a lot of homosexuals <laughs> was probably a film for that to come to theaters was a really huge deal and i want to say that movie came out like 2001 and 2 maybe i was young when that movie came out and my mother took me into the one theater in grand junction colorado where it was showing only at the nine o'clock show um one time for like literally i think four days in town and we went in there and sure enough there was like only maybe like five or six other cowboys in there and me and my mother and you know i wasn't out to my mother at the time but to watch that sort of love story in a culture in a world or in a town like Grand Junction, Colorado, next to my mother, surrounded by a bunch of cowboys who probably, like, you know, inside their own emotions watching this film before them, like, was a really, it was a really big thing that I'll forever remember. For Grand Junction, is it just like, is it just, you know, Western, all cowboys and ranchers kind of place? Yeah, I'd say it's like Western and ranchers and like, like a red state and i'd say like redneck like i would say like gay people mm, i would say i don't know if people like just live in their damn life in grand junction colorado what do you remember about you know leaving the theater with your mom like talking about it like what did you guys i don't think my mom ever before heard or had experienced a love story between two men there are a lot of lights coming on right there are a lot of questions there is a lot of interest in intrigue and then there was a lot not said <laughs> you know but but just i is there stories in this world where you could sit them down next to you and like through a film basically share your story without having to share your story yeah or for having to come out you know i don't know 
I think films provide those op- opportunities and windows for people and just to provide light or to provide escape like it did for those few cowboy men that were sitting around solo by us. That's pretty profound. Yeah. Do you think that when you came out to your mom later in life, like that seeing this movie helped her? I don't. Honestly, I think her probably looking back and realizing, oh, my son's first movie was The Wizard of Oz. And like his first pair of shoes he put on was a pair of red heels. You know, like, oh, maybe I look back when I look at my child at five, but maybe I don't look back at him when he was eight, you know, in eighth or ninth grade, you know, watching that movie. You know, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like timestamp that in my, as far as my story with my mother. But it was a moment that her and I had that was a very memorable moment at the theater, mind you. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of laugh. I, I laugh because I feel like there's been so much more like coming out stories and or so much more like LGBTQ representation through cinema and film, right? Like that time almost like two casting two straight men to play two gay cowboys. Like what conversation is that going to cause? So, you know what I mean? Like, it's just what a, what a different world and what a, you know, I'm just grateful that that story was told. Yeah, for sure. Going back to when you were younger, is there a movie that you remember watching that there was something in it that you were like, oh man, I should not be watching this movie or this is a little too old for me. Like you want to say like mature, like good sex scenes? Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, if that's what sticks out Yeah, to you. sex scenes? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I should have never seen Cruel Intentions. <laughs> like, Cruel Intentions ruined me. I mean, that ruined you. Like, you saw, real, like, Ryan Felipe's ass, and you were like, wow, that's a beautiful boy. There it is. There, well, there it was. There's that little peachy bottom. <laughs> yeah, and then that, that sexual kiss between Sal and, and Michelle, like, come on. Yeah, that was everything, and like they were being nasty at Catholic school, and like but doing coke in the bathroom and having sex. Oh wow! Nineteen ninety nine, things were changing. It was nineteen ninety nine. The films that were being made in like nineteen eighty eight, nineteen ninety nine. I would say some of the best films. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What movie would you choose? put in your capsule that would sum up the good side of humanity i love good messaging i love good i hate to say like family movies yeah but i love the the idea of the endurance of family so like the idea of like little miss sunshine the ultimate achievement of one of what one is wanting in life and for all the way for how people will work hard for others to achieve that is encouraging because i think that's what we all need to be doing for each other is always helping pick up some water. And again, like it's probably why you say my network is so, because it is, I'm like, that movie's a good representation of that. And like, just continuing to pioneer and spread love and continuing to chase your dreams. Like they did for her at that damn beauty pageant. Yeah. I love it. All right, Justin, here's the big tamale. What is your favorite movie of all time? What is Justin Fix's favorite movie of all time? Well, you know what? This is going to be so bad to say, but I can say it. It's a safe space. Can I say, hopefully, the movie I direct next year? (laughs) 
Is that like, is that like the most selfish? Like I, I hope my movie that we make together is like everything that I want cinema to be in sound and visuals. And in, you know what I mean? Like the, it's like the one story that I've chosen to tell thus far in my career that is going to now be, you know, put up on screen per se and captured. And I hope that's my favorite story that I tell. I I hope that for you. You know, like, and if it's not, then... (laughs) But, you know, we'll have more stories to tell, and that will be a story of itself to tell. Yeah. You're going forward in time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going, I'm going, let's, hey, in three years, when this damn movie ends up coming out, I hope I'm saying it. And if it's not, then hopefully everyone's forgotten about this conversation because it's been three years. (laughs) <laughs> uh, if you had to go go backwards in time what's what's the one that you well maybe watch the most well this isn't going to be an appropriate answer either but i was obsessed like obsessed with the movie the other sister like juliette lewis plays this this lead and sarah paulson she um is in it but it's just about it's a, a beautiful love story. And that movie I have I had watched far too much. Otherwise I'd just go back to The Wizard of Oz. I could watch The Wizard of Oz 20, 30, 40 times. That is the most watched movie ever. The Wizard of Oz? Yeah, and not in the whole world. That's the one. Everyone's practically seen it. <laughs> and they should. Everyone should see that movie because if what that movie did for me and sparked that look what it could do for anybody. And like it's the simplest form of like believing in yourself and knowing that when you're maybe dreaming too big, that your home is always there for you. Oh, home sweet home. Like just click your heels three times, Dorothy. Like there's no place like home, like believe in yourself. Just have the courage and have the heart and have the brain and you're capable of anything. And that's why I love it. There's no man behind the curtain. It's all, all, it's all facade. Everyone else, Everyone who thinks they're so big and mighty is just the man behind the wizard talking on the mic. Everyone's just a human. Yeah. And everyone's just doesn't have the same journey or story, but we all are just, we all are in it together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. One perspective I heard recently about Wizard of Oz is that Dorothy is the instigator in that movie. She is the young girl, but she's the one that says, Let's go to the Emerald City. Let's go down this road. Let's go to this forest. Like she's with these, you know, older, bigger men, but she's the younger girl that says, let's keep going. And for the 1930s, like that wasn't really shown. Like the girls right. weren't really the the ones moving the needle. Well, follow the yellow brick road. Just follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. Munchkin number two. Follow you. Yeah, you killed her so completely that we thank you very sweetly. Did I do it okay? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Right, I want to see right. that VHS or that Hi8 version. I'll come in with my like my ribbon my ribbon wand and I'll do I'll do my big finale tornado moment for you. <laughs> it's good. It's really it. power it's really powerful. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take you right back. It will. It will, buddy. I can't thank you enough for this conversation, my friend. And thank you so much for taking me back and like letting me unpack some of these favorite memories. Everyone who's listening to this and you have to go, you have to go watch the leprechaun. Yes. 
Now, since because this is a super low budget show, I need you to provide the sound effect for your capsule closing. Perfect. Yes. Was that good? Like it was like old, that but then lot, like a quick look. I was okay. waiting for the the final class. Nailed it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Justin, thank you so much for coming on here. This has been great going down memory lane with you. Thank you, friend. I can't wait to hug you in real life. Yes, yeah, someday soon. Tell us what's next for for Just Fix It Productions. Well, at the world is the the lights are kind of just turning right back on for the arts. So we're just gonna get get a venue sort of on its feet up here in Los Angeles, California, and we're gonna venture into two film projects next spring. Uh, what we're really excited about, and then otherwise, people can just stay up with us and up to speed with us on Instagram at JFI Productions or on Facebook. Um, or Twitter, all that stuff that the kids are doing. And then we're also going to be doing kind of a behind the scenes look at like us and our brand and kind of a peek behind the curtain. We've never really documented like our process of building our worlds and these experiences and sort of the whole take of like the approach and how we really the whole creative process really and so we've actually are starting an only fans and you can find us on only fans at www.onlyfans.com slash curtain up and you're able to kind of get a deeper look into our sort of production company Boom. and sort of the makings and the workings of all that that's awesome yeah you guys have so much knowledge from doing it from the ground up all on your own from scratch that is some valuable information right there very cool okay justin Thank you once again for spending time with me. Thank and you, friend. If you'd like to see a list of all of Justin's picks for his time capsule, you can go to lukechaney.com slash MTC. And I'd like to thank the listener, you, for joining us today. I hope it encourages you to check out some new movies or revisit some old ones. If you like this podcast, please go rate it on Apple Podcasts. That's where you can actually write a review and give it five stars or three stars or four stars. Hopefully five stars. Finally, I will leave you with this movie quote, you met me at a very strange time in my life.